0: everybody. This is Nicole Domasek with Books Coffee Wine. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome, welcome to episode four of Books Coffee Wine. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for listening. If you're new to Books Coffee Wine, welcome. Uh, Today, I'm going to be talking about the Coffees from Aldi that I mentioned in the previous episode. I know I said I was going to make a part two, but with the way that the episode formatting is, it's just easier to make this episode four. So, as I talked about in the last episode, I am going to go over those coffees from Aldi. I'm going to go over the Seven Moons Red Blend as well as I did see in the liquor store by my house that there is a Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend so I picked that up tried that for you guys as well. I'm also going to talk about my book club picks for February as well as my status for how I'm doing in 2022 as far as my reading goal. I hope you're all doing well so glad you're here. Alright, now before I get started, I did want to mention, I know how in the podcast description I said that the episodes were going to be weekly. I'm still going to try and do that. Uh, Some of the episodes have been weekly, but a couple of the episodes and now this one will be a little bit, it's more like a week and a half. So I'm going to try to really stick to the weekly um, I don't want to do bi-weekly. I definitely want to do weekly because if I do bi-weekly, then it's only twice a month. But um anyway, I'm going to try and stick to a stricter schedule. It's just going to depend on how busy I get. But um I just wanted to say I just wanted to take ownership of that if some of you guys were wondering why the episodes aren't like on the dot a week. Um, Also, I think it would be fun if I share any beverages that I'm drinking. So right now, I am trying a vanilla cold brew from Tim Hortons, which from Tim Hortons, I usually have only really gotten hot coffee or like an ice cap. This cold brew is pretty good, actually, and it's not super sweet, which I like. I like when something has a slight sweetness, but I don't really want it to be too much. So this is perfect. And in case you guys were wondering, it is not as sweet as an ice cap. So if you're trying to gauge the flavor, I would say it's sweet, but not as much as an ice cap. Now with the podcast, another thing I wouldn't mind your feedback on if you guys wanted to give me some, I would appreciate it, is what is your perfect podcast length? And I think it's going to very person to person, probably. But um, I just kind of wanted to know what you guys felt was the perfect amount. I know it's going to depend on basically what you're doing when you listen to the podcast. Um, I know if someone's commuting, you know, on their way to work, wherever, it's, you know, is your commute 30 minutes? Is it longer than that? Other people that I've heard of who listen to podcasts when they run. Uh, some people's runs are 45 minutes. I was trying to kind of stay in the 30 to 35 minute range just because I thought that was pretty good. Um, I did know with the third episode that I was going to go over uh, and I didn't mind it. Like I knew that it was probably going to be long just because I was basically giving my reactions to the entire book. But um. I mean, I can just kind of keep going as I go here and see what happens. Or if you guys have a certain length that you would like me to stick to, I can do that. Uh, You can message me on the Anchor app. Or if it's easier, Books Coffee Wine does have a public Facebook group page now. So you could always either comment on the group page or message me through the group and if you wanted to follow the group that would be great. Uh just because I'll have fun posts in there like memes. Um I'll also have you know sneak peeks sneak peeks on upcoming episodes. I'll also have polls probably um just to kind of gauge what you guys are interested in and If you have any new ideas or if there's anything that you want me to try or review or if there's anything that you recommend, I think that would be a a cool way to reach out as well as Books Coffee Wine does also have an Instagram page on Instagram. It's books.coffee.wine.podcast. If you want to follow the Instagram page as well, you can, um, you know, no pressure okay so i'm gonna start out with the book portion of the podcast so in my first episode it was january i talked about ideas that i had goals i had for the year and one of my goals is i want to read 50 books for the year of 2022 now when i say read i do mean yes reading but then i also mean listening to audiobooks. So I'm going to count that towards my total as well, just because I listen to audiobooks a lot when I drive and when I clean and when I cook. And um, I know other people that do that as well. I do track my goal by Goodreads. Goodreads, as I mentioned in my first episode, is an app where you can track your reading, you can create a reading goal for 2022, they actually call it their reading challenge, and you can follow, you know, your friends Reading what they're currently reading, you can follow their reading challenges as well as you can see reviews from books. You can follow authors, which is cool because then you'll know, you know, when they're publishing their next book. And a lot of times, they'll do giveaways. I really like the app. You have three shelves that it comes with, and then you can make your own. But you basically have your current reading shelf your want to read shelf, and then your read shelf. Now I made my goal 50 books for the year. Now I'm also including audiobooks in that just because I do listen to a lot of audiobooks because I'll listen when I'm driving, I'll listen when I'm cleaning, I'll listen when I'm cooking. I basically listen to it a you know, to them a lot because especially when I had my own apartment and I was living alone, I liked having noise. And, uh, okay, so with the two books for February, the first book is Tuesday Mooney Talks to Ghosts by Kate Rekulia. Now, this is a book that was chosen by my friend Angela's book club that she invited me to be in called Buffalo Book Club. And it's about a scavenger hunt that these people go on because a billionaire in their city dies. And he. what sounds interesting is he leaves clues, and the clues are based off of his hero, Edgar Allan Poe, so that sounds fun. And it sounds adventurous, and Tuesday is kind of a loner. I just started the book, and I didn't want to give you guys any spoilers anyway. But I love Tuesday's personality, and I love her inner monologue. And just the style of writing, I think, is really fun. Like, even when Tuesday's friend and co-worker Dex, just the way that he talks and the way that she uh described setting and everything it's just a very it's very interesting and I like the tone and I feel like I feel like this is going to be one of those books where you feel like you know the characters which is so fun uh but it's really funny to me like it's it's a little sarcastic but like the sarcastic that's good like kind of almost dry sense of humor now the scavenger hunt that Tuesday and a few other people, because I haven't gotten that far yet, but it's going to be like her and a team of people. The Scavenger Hunt is actually for the billionaire's wealth, and so it kind of makes you wonder how much of his money is hidden, but um, I think it's going to be an interesting read, or maybe it's all a joke, like maybe there's no money. I don't know. But, uh, so that's the first book, and I'm interested to see where the book goes, And then the second book that was chosen by my book club, which is called Books in Bordeaux, we're reading, we decided to do the A Good Girl's Guide to Murder trilogy for January, February, March. So we read the first book in January. All of us loved it. We all couldn't wait to talk about it, and none of us saw the many twists that there were in the book and um well I wouldn't necessarily many say many twists there were twists but there were also many many characters who you thought were definitely suspects most likely guilty like it was crazy and we're all excited for the the rest of the trilogy in the second book Pip slash Pippa Is, you know, she's one of the main characters, and she basically starts a podcast that she talks about the murder investigation she just did. It was her senior project, and of course, as she starts this podcast, there's another girl that goes missing because when you're reading the first book you're like okay was Andy Bell murdered or is she just missing because there's no body so it's um and the case ended up going cold because the number one suspect who is her boyfriend sale he you know kills himself so then there's no trial there's never anything that happens and unfortunately, his family has to deal with kind of the, they're ostracized from the their town. And so Pip, part of the whole reason she starts this project for her senior project is she knew Sal. He was always so nice to her. And she just doesn't think that he could murder Andy. And she feels bad for the family. And she feels like the... It was too open and shut just based on the evidence that there was. And she thought there was definitely, you know, more to the story. Now, what else do I want to address without giving too much away? I haven't started Good Girl, Bad Blood yet, but I'm super excited. Oh, one thing I will add because I did get the, I did listen to the audiobook version of the first book, and I read the the first book too, so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll go back and forth, so I'll read some of the book, and then I might listen to it, because um, if I'm in my car and stuff, sometimes I'll put it on the audiobook just so I can kind of pick up where I left off, or just kind of use that time for that, because with with being in multiple book clubs and just listening to multiple books like I do. Um, and for me personally, too, a lot of it is depends on my mood. So at night, I don't tend to want to read anything too creepy, like before bed. So, you know, then I might have, like, another book that I'm either reading or listening to that's a little bit lighter. So, yeah, so back to the whole... Those books being audiobooks, too. So the there's a whole cast for this series, and the audiobook was done very well. So I will say, if that's something that you're interested in, it is very good. Uh, because instead of one narrator doing multiple voices, which, you know, sometimes that can be good, it's nice that they have a full cast of characters because it just kind of adds to it, I think. So, that was another cool element, and, uh, if you guys want to message me or leave a comment, uh you know, let me know where you are for your twenty twenty two goal and let me know what your current reads are All right, and now to the coffee section. I'm just kind of announcing these the sections because I'm still trying to determine if I like. The idea of adding uh musical interludes or sounds in between the sections, if you guys want, you can give me feedback on that too. I was looking online and it seems like um there's not too much information, but someone was said they hated musical interludes, and it kind of made them not want to listen to the rest of the podcast. so I would be interesting to see if if you guys thought you if it added to it or if you thought it was. You know, you'd rather just listen to the the podcast as a whole. I do like the music in my introduction and in the conclusion. I'm just kind of unsure about the in-between the sections in the middle. But anyway, so the coffees that I tasted, I they're from Aldi. One and they were in the K cup variety. I just I liked how those were just kind of easy to pop in, um, and brew because normally what I would do is, because I have this special grinder which I do love it and it's convenient, but sometimes I don't want to wait for because even four cups to brew in a pot, which is like the smallest amount, seems to like take longer. But um, because what I would do is I have this grinder. You So I would buy the beans, whole bean, obviously, and uh the grinder is neat, and I believe it was from Mr. Coffee. It was a gift that someone gave me, but the grinder is neat because you can select, I think, between like eight different grind or ground settings, and then you can select how many cups you want it to grind. So it basically measures it out for you, excuse me. And then all you have to do is just put it in the filter and then brew the coffee. But anyway, so they were the Colombian K-Cups and then the Guatemalan K-Cups. And the Guatemalan is organic. The Colombian was... Because I have a few notes here. The Colombian was from the Barissimo line. And then the Guatemala was from the simply nature line which is their organic line and i don't know if you guys know too much about aldi i won't go into too much detail but they were founded in 1961 in germany they were the first discounter in the world and their slogan on the website was great quality shouldn't come at a high price rather great quality should come with everyday low prices And their first store in the U.S. was in 1976 in Iowa. And, you know, what I really like about them is they're, I do like the low prices, but I like that the quality isn't compromised. Like, I love to get fancy cheeses from there. So, you know, especially since I like to drink wine and I like to pair foods with that, I love to create like a fancy charcuterie and I've gotten a lot of fancy cheeses from there for like a great price like I think their brie if I remember correctly it's really good and I think it's only like three dollars I love it whereas if you go to Wegmans I think their brie is like eight dollars so I mean it's just a big savings I mean I love Wegmans too but you know sometimes your girl's on a budget (laughs) um but yeah they have USDA choice meats gluten free, organic, and um they have a whole bunch of holiday stuff too, which I think is great. It always you can always find stuff and I tend to like look forward to certain seasons because I know they're gonna have stuff. And let's see. Both coffees are listed as a hundred percent Arabica bean, which I will go into that because I don't know if you guys know, but there are Arabica or Arabican beans and there are Robusta beans, and there are some differences between the two, and I'll just go into that briefly. They're both, they were both 12 packs, both packages recommend that you use the 8 ounce setting, which... To be honest, when I first did the tasting, my serving was definitely more than 8 ounces because, let's be honest, a lot of mugs now are, are a lot larger these days. But I will say, for the sake of the taste test, I did try it on the 8-ounce setting, and I, wasn't, I wouldn't say it was a crazy difference, but there was a slight difference, and there is a better flavor when you use the 8-ounce setting. Both coffees also were fair trade certified. And I know in my second episode, I mentioned how the caribou coffee were fair. Well, they were rainforest certified, I believe. So with all the fair trade, certified um, for them and I looked it up it's safe working conditions for the people and it's opportunities for them you know especially in other countries to invest in businesses and in their community so I thought that was cool. Now with Arabica beans versus Robusta beans and my source for this is the theroasterspack.com I did learn about Arabica beans at my time, you know, when I worked at Starbucks years ago. And I still remember a few things, but I did want more details. And I wanted to see, you know, if there was anything that I forgot about or anything that I was missing. And the Roaster's Pack is actually a, excuse me, a coffee subscription in Canada. And I just thought that was cool. I like the, I love the whole idea of subscriptions and honestly I wish I could belong to like all of them (laughs) I mean there's a coffee subscription there's subscriptions for wine there's you know the book of the month book subscription Uh, I think this all started because you know there's a bunch of makeup subscriptions and you know and I still even get magazines (laughs) I don't know I just love a I just love the idea of getting stuff in the mail who doesn't love mail? But, uh, so anyway, and as far as the, so I'll kind of do the comparisons. I know a lot of people probably aren't too familiar with Robusta just because they get a bad rap and they have a bad reputation because they're considered a more bitter bean and the website even describes it as, and this is a powerful subscri- uh, description, uh, that it would taste like rubbery or burnt tires, which, I don't know. Like, I know most companies these days, they always advertise, like, this is 100% arabica beans, but I almost, I need to taste the Robusta. Like, is it really that bad? (laughs) I don't know. I just would like to do a comparison of my own. But uh, they say these days you would find... Robusta in some espresso blends and then in some instant coffees but I would say maybe it would be on a a company that's not as well known as far as if it was an instant coffee because I think I even looked up Folgers which I mean Folgers is like super well known but I think even their instant coffee is Arabica beans so I don't even know if they use Robusta Beans for that anymore. But Robusta Beans, I could see them being an instant coffee or I could see them being useful in instant coffee and in espresso blends just because they do have more caffeine. And they make up for 25% of the world's coffee production. The Robusta Beans also, they have a higher yield when they are farmed because they are less sensitive to insects and it's a smaller bean. The Robusta bean is a circle shape. The Arabica bean is a oval shape. The Arabica bean has a smoother taste and it has more lipids and sugars. The Arabica bean is 75% of the world's coffee production, and as far as the antioxidant and insect deterrent percentage, the Arabica bean is 5.5 to 8 percent, and then the Robusta bean is 7 to 10 percent. Okay, now for the Guatemalan coffee, on the Aldi box, it did classify the Coffee is a light roast, which kind of surprised me because I know typically in my experience, whether it's Starbucks or another coffee that I've bought from somewhere else, Guatemalan coffees tend to be a medium roast. Uh, Also, this box did not list any flavor notes on it or anything. So what I did was I just, I looked at a few different websites to see if they all had similarities. So... I looked at Starbucks. I looked at Coffee Espresso or Espresso Coffee Guide dot com. Let me just verify the order of this. Yeah, it's espresso com was the other one. And then I looked at Homegrounds.co, and between the three of them they pretty much all said You know, chocolatey notes, spice, Starbucks did add citrus into that. I know when I smelled the coffee, it does have, I would say, a nutty smell that I can distinguish, as well as there's a level of acidity that I felt like I could pick up on just from the smell now, previously when I had talked about coffee pairings, you pair your foods to the things and the notes. So if we go based off of that, you know, citrus could be like a lemon pound cake or maybe you have grapefruit for breakfast or, you know, spice, maybe it's cinnamon coffee cake or cinnamon toast. Um, pretty much, you know, anything that goes with the notes would be a good food pairing. Now, the Colombian, that actually had a description on the K-Cup box, and that said notes of rich chocolate, red fruits, brown sugar. Uh, It's well-balanced and full-bodied, and it has a complex and clean finish. And one of the reasons that Colombian coffee is so popular, and I did find this on a... Colombian website, it says you know that they have good soil, they have 80 inches of rainfall throughout the year, and it never falls below freezing. So they said that based on those conditions, you know, that's why Colombia is a perfect growing region for coffee, and one of the reasons that it's a very popular coffee. Just to quickly go back to the Guatemalan, I did also want to mention that with the, this coffee being part of the Aldi Organic line, it's free of 125 artificial ingredients and preservatives. When the Colombian coffee was brewing, it definitely had a stronger smell coming out of the K-Cup maker. I did like the smell of the Guatemalan, but the Colombian had more of a stronger smell and I think the richness that I could smell from it is probably due to the chocolate notes in it and one great pairing that I thought of excuse me when it said that the one of the flavor notes was brown sugar was I was thinking how great would oatmeal be with brown sugar and nuts also One thing I thought I would mention about both coffees, because I talked about the great prices and the lower prices that Aldi has. Now, I order from Instacart, so these prices may even be slightly higher than they are in-store. But for 12K cups, considering how much K cups are, like if you go to Target or if you buy them off Amazon, they're definitely a lot more expensive. So the box of Colombian was $3.95. Like, that could buy you one coffee at, like, a coffee house. um. And then the... Well, now that prices are going up... Well, no. I feel like a regular coffee wouldn't be more than, like, $4. A latte definitely would be, but probably not a regular drip. The Guatemalan for the box of K-Cups, and this is more, probably because it's organic, um, well, not probably, definitely because it's organic, is $5.39. Okay, guys, on to the last segment of the podcast. Wine time, wine time, boop, boop. (laughs) All right, so the wines that I tried for you, they are the Seven Moons Red Blend and the Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend. They are California wines and both bottles were the year 2019. Now, the first wine, I was introduced to it because my mom had gotten it as a Christmas gift from my cousin, which... Thanks, guys. <laughs> uh, Alex and Chantel, if you're listening. and um Okay, so when I had tried it, we had had it with dinner, and we had pasta, and the sauce had veggies in it and meat in it, and it was super loaded with lots of good stuff. So when I ate it with the pasta, it definitely, there was a peppery taste that I had when I tried it with the wine. But it was good. Like, I liked that it kind of gave me that peppery taste and, like, full-bodied flavor. Now, with these wines, so the reason that it's called Seven Moons is because there's seven different types of wine on it. So there's Syrah Merlot, Petit Syrah, Zinfandel Cabernet, Malbec, and Grenache. Now, another reason that this winery is different from other wines, and, you know, it goes along with their name as well, is they talk about the different phases of the moon, and then on their corks, which I didn't even realize when I opened the bottles at first. I only figured this out once I went to Seven Moons' website. The They actually have different phases of the moon printed on the cork, and then there's a saying with the phase of the moon not so much to do with the moon but it's kind of like a a well-wish kind of fortune saying I wish I had one near me now, right now because I would read it but um so I thought that was pretty cool and it says that you know every bottle's different so you have the ability to be able to collect all seven moon phases if you wanted to now when I was looking at this I don't know if you guys know this or, you know, if you guys are like me. I've always had an interest in wine, but the more and more that I learn about it, the more complex I realize that things can actually be. So when I saw Syrah and Petite Syrah, I was like, well, what's the difference? So the Syrah that's listed is spelled with a Y S Y R A H. And then Petite Syrah spelled with an I, S-I-R-A-H. Now with Petite Syrah, that could mean a few different things. And I would have to talk to the winery to know specifically what their petit Syrah is. But Petite Syrah could mean the size of the grape or it could mean where it's grown. So Petite Syrah with the I is normally a Shiraz, okay? And those can be... So, so, I'm sorry. So, Shiraz, when I normally think of that, I think of, like, Australia. But as it turns out, Shiraz can also be grown in California and France and Israel. I didn't know that it could be grown in so many places, but I guess that makes sense because... I mean, there's wine all over the world, right? <laughs> so that was kind of something that I was trying to look into, that I figured out what the difference was. The Syrah with the Y tends to be just a French grape, though, and it tends to be more savory. The Petite Syrah is more ripe, rich fruit, and more fruit-forward, But without knowing, was it just the size, or is it from one of these other growing areas? It's hard to say, but in doing the research, that's what I found out. Now, when reading the Seven Moons Red Blend bottle, it says aromas of chocolate-covered cherries, baking spices, and vanilla bean, all which sound so inviting and delicious, (laughs) As far as the flavors that it listed, it listed flavors of strawberry preserves, cherry cola, milk chocolate. And it's smooth and fruit forward and has a lingering finish. Now, this is interesting too because I said I liked it with my pasta. But the pairings that they actually listed, it says barbecue chicken, caprese salad, and takeout Chinese. Which, excuse me, I thought that was cool. I like when wine bottles and when you go to wineries, I like knowing the food pairings. When I smelled the wine, I smelled kind of like a dark berry smell to me, which kind of reminded me of like blackberries so for my nose and taste and and things like that I must have been picking up on the the chocolate the chocolate covered cherries aroma that it mentioned and I had mentioned this in my other episode the first tasting episode I did which was episode two I'm just kind of giving you my take on what I smell and what I taste and you know, sometimes it's on the ball with with what the descriptions are, and sometimes it's not. But I also use that to encourage you guys. If you're ever somewhere and you're with like really serious coffee or wine people, and you're just like, "Oh, I'm scared. Like, what if I don't smell or taste with these?" They, say? I mean, they go through tons and tons of training. Like I even saw a documentary about. Excuse me. About wine sommeliers and the, the training is is very serious, and um, you know if you're not used to doing that often, and I mean everybody's palate is different too, so I mean i kind of look at it is, I like to have fun, but I also I mean I get kind of nerdy, <laughs> in a good way with my interests like. Anytime that I'm into something, I like to know the details and I like to get very involved with it. And that's just, that's just me, but I know that's not everybody. So my recommendation, do whatever you want and have fun with it. And like, if anybody ever wants to give me a recommendation, I just need to know if it tastes good. (laughs) I don't need to necessarily know the, the flavor profiles and stuff. Now, with the, well, before I go forward, I would say between the Seven Moons Red Blend and the Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend, I would say that the Red Blend, I liked that better of the two. And then the kind of funny story about the Seven Moons Dark Side Red Blend, so I didn't even know that I was going to see it in the liquor store. Part of the reason that I went there was my birthday wasn't too long ago. My dad and I had a belated birthday celebration and he gave me pretty much almost a whole entire chocolate cake to take home and which is very sweet and thanks dad if you're listening. Um... So anyways, I know usually with desserts you drink dessert wine. But like me in particular, I don't necessarily want like sweet on sweet. So I was like, hmm, what can I drink with cake that will taste good but like won't be a sugar like overkill? So then I googled, you know, what goes good with chocolate cake and it said... Dark Fruit Reds, Syrah, Cab, Grenache, or Dessert Wine. And I was like, oh, perfect. And then I saw Dark Side Red blend in the store, and I was like, well, if this isn't a sign. (laughs) And uh, on this bottle, this was also a 2019, it says Aromas of Currant, Blackberry, and Toasty Oak. Flavors of dark berry, caramel, brown sugar, and it follows through to a smooth, rich finish. And when I smelled this... Sorry, I feel like I just... That was a long breath. <laughs> um, when I smelled this, I could definitely smell the oakiness, and it seemed... A little bit richer than the other wine that I remember. And it tasted good. And with the cake, it was definitely a a perfect pairing. And the chocolate definitely helped to smooth out the wine even more, I thought. Now, the pairings that the label suggested... It says, I'm laughing because you wouldn't normally think to drink wine with bacon cheeseburgers, but that is a pairing, which I'm not knocking it, I just think it's funny, and mushroom risotto and Thai takeout, which I love Thai. Thank you so much for listening with me today. I just wanted to reiterate what I mentioned in my first episode, and I think I also mentioned it in my second episode that I do do a little bit of editing with my podcast, but I don't edit it to perfection. And I know you guys can hear me, you know, rustling my papers with my notes and. Sometimes you might hear me breathing or maybe sometimes I sound a little congested and I'm just very myself with this podcast and I'm very honest with this podcast and you know you can hear me laugh sometimes so I'm just trying to have fun with this new arena of creativity that I tried to explore or that I'm trying to explore and I just I hope you can have fun with it too and you know don't take it too seriously and I just kind of wanted to put that out there again because I try really hard with all the information and the, well, all the information and all the research that I do for the podcast and um, I know it's not perfect, but I'm working on it. Thank you so much for listening today. It means a lot to me. I hope that you all have a day and a future that is filled with great books, great coffee, and great wine. I'm going to be working hard on planning the next episode, and I can't wait to talk to you soon.